0: Who likes to eat in here? <laughs> Becky, you got a banana in your hand. I know you like to eat now. Well, come on. Come on now. Who likes to eat over here? I've seen lots of people on this side. Just a few of you. If you don't like to eat, you're in big trouble because you got to do that, right? We know that. There's some, her, who likes sweets? Come on now. There's more people's hands in the air now than it was when you like to eat, right? Who likes them? Who likes uh, blueberry things that, Where's that at? Uh, all this. Oh, Danger, just dangerous, I'm telling you. Woo! Oh, look how cute. You just want to kiss her to death. You just want to kiss all of her cheeks. She doesn't know that someone's behind her. She's like, whoa. Oh, my goodness. Lovely to have the kids in here today in worship. And uh, if we're eating, oh, she's like, don't you just want to kiss her all over her face? Mm, give me some of that. So when we eat preparation, my, my wife, uh, we our daughter is just learning how to make eggs at school. It's a danger zone. So she offered to make my wife some, some eggs and surprise, right? And so she poached eggs with the eggs benedict. Anybody like that? Not my style, but you might like that. And so she's making them up, and so as she makes all this up for my wife. And my wife is this is nice. Come on. Who likes to be who likes someone to bake for you? Who, who likes to get that meal, right? And so my, my wife gets a meal, and she says, well, isn't our deal that whoever cooks doesn't have to clean up? You know, isn't that the deal? Like, you can cook, but then you, do, you sit down because you've worked already done, right? And then the other person comes up and My wife could not believe. She went into the kitchen after she had her eggs benedict. You say, mm, she ate that. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. And so she did all right. And then she hit the kitchen. She walked in going, <laughs> My daughter's learning how to cook. And you it I always teach cook and clean at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Cook, and then you can nibble a little bit, you know what I'm saying? You cook, is this, is this right? Mm, that's pretty good. And so you're really eating, cooking, and cleaning at the same time. You can do three things at one time, right, guys? We can do that. We can do that. And so my, my daughter, we're training, <laughs> multitasking, you know, come on, we're doing it why you'd be so impressed what well, we can do, three things at one time. And so here we're eating. My, my daughter just has not got this down yet, you know. So she cooks impressively, serves, and then leaves. So whoever cleans up, my wife said she was in there 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Boy, it was a wreck, you know, for two eggs, <laughs> two little things on a plate. You're like, woo, 25 minutes. My wife says, I'm never going to do that again. I didn't like them that much. But anyway, eat. We have to eat. And one of the greatest things we eat is God's word. If you are at a place in your life that just things aren't coming together, you're like, I don't understand why. Tell me. Give your life to Jesus first of all. And let the Holy Spirit reveal truth. And then you start to eat of the Bible. And I know some people in here say, I don't like to read. It's not my thing. I never was good in school with that. And I understand all of that. But I'm telling you, when you're hungry... When you're really hungry, you want to eat. And when you eat of God's word, I'm telling you, it just, it just fills you up. I was in a class today with Pastor Natalie and, uh, and Lauren over there, and they're talking about this, the weight of sin. And you know what? It just made me think. You know, I've been saved for a long time now. And it just made me think, what, what, what was sin? What, what is that weight upon us? It's, we, never lose, we should never lose sight of this. Listen, sin separates you from God. That's what the word says. So what does that mean is when we do something against him, it separates our relationship with him because he can't hang out with sin. And so I realized how, how devastating that can be to somebody. And sometimes we don't even think about it. Sometimes when we do things against God, it's, we don't even think about the, the ramifications of what we're actually doing. Don't understand the relationship with the father that's being separated. And all of a sudden it just hits you. I am so thankful to be saved. When I was 21, how many people were 21 in here? Let me see the 21-year-olds. Woo, got some in the house, got some in the house. That's when things went, "Er, crash for me. That's when things went, bam, I needed a wake-up call. See, the Father was so in love with me. He was patient. My sin separated me, and I never realized until that day when I hit that rock, when I hit that rock bottom, and I don't know your story, it may not even happen to you. If you found Jesus before that happened, praise the Lord. Man, if you if you don't know Jesus in a personal way, don't let the wall come, because when it comes, man, if you're not looking up, you're, you're going to be very devastated. But when you look up, he was so gracious to wait for me, and when he did, man, he made it so real to me. I have never been the same since. Never been, and never... Never want to go back. My desires changed just like that. And I pray today, when you join us here today, that your light will brightly shine. That today is going to be a day that you're going to be set on fire. If you don't know him, be set on fire today. And if you do know him, it would be great to kindle that flame. Get those things stirred back up in you again. Because God is real and he's, he loves you. It's a real thing. Today is resurrection day. Today is power. Today is power. He pulled Lazarus from the grave, who was dead for four days. He pulled him out by speaking a word. Today, he's speaking a word to us. We're going to rise today. We're going to rise and see him. Because I know he's involved in our lives. He's not a distant God. He's a close God. He loves us that much. He is closer than a brother. Let me tell you, as I did a study for this, often people get into the resurrection. Of course, that's the most important thing. But I wanted to see... One of, one of the most amazing authors in the Bible is, of course, Paul. He writes these books, and just you just can't believe this man, this, this godly man coming up with this. He writes by the Holy Spirit and inspired by the Holy Spirit. And he writes these things that challenges us. And so I want to see his perspective on the resurrection. I want to see it through his eyes, this man who used to persecute the church, be dead against the lovers of Jesus, and then all of a sudden get saved by, by this blinding light. I want to know his perspective on the resurrection. Because that day when that blinding light came to him, that was the day that he was set free. That's the day he met his Lord and Savior. That's the one that Jesus spoke to him. Why are you persecuting me? You see, all of a sudden, the lights came on. And he knew. He was a different man. So I want to know what resurrection is for Paul. So I don't, who's here giving your best? Anybody giving your best at anything? Who, who's got a job that you give your best? Well, some of us do. We're like, mm-hmm. you give me a paycheck, and I'll give you some good work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You pay up, right? So there's rewards behind doing your best, isn't there? When you do your best, isn't there rewards in that? If you're, if you're in a your sport, and you, maybe it's baseball, football, if you do your best, there's going to be rewards in that. Now, the rest of your team matters too, right? you got a good team fighting for you in whatever sport it is. Man, you do good. You could go all the way to nationals, you know what I'm saying? Doing your best. What about with Jesus? Can, can you do your best with Jesus? Yes, but can you also try to get to your best without really knowing him? You ever try to get to heaven, try to get the, the, the Father to look upon you, maybe even get his, his perspective? Lord, I just, I just want to do more for you, so I bridge this gap here. And so that's what Paul does here. Let me, let me show you what he does. I'm going to bring it up. In, in Philippians 3. Five and six, we're going to go on that. I'm going to use both the voice and the NLT because it really explains things, I think, where we're at. So here it says, Paul, it says, first thing says, I, Paul, was circumcised on the eighth day as the law prescribes. Which means I did everything, even from age eight, they took me in and had me circumcised, just like the law said. So I, in the flesh, was done right. I did the right thing. My parents did the right thing. I started off in the right way. And then he goes on and says, born in the nation of Israel... The the descendant of the tribe of Benjamin, which he is an Israelite born and raised. Which means he is part of the kingdom, God's children. He's not only circumcised, but he's born in the right family. Anybody here know what it means to be born in the right family? Somebody like I wish I was not in the family I'm in. I wish I was in this one. But some of us, if, if God says, hey, this is my people here, and I'm sorry, you over here, you're not. You're not. And so, God, you know what I want to be? I want to be in this side over here. You know, I want to be in God's children's selection, okay? I wouldn't want to be part of the 12 tribes. I'm saying, I wouldn't want to be over there. Because I don't know what, when Joshua crossed that river and went over to that side, things happened in that side, didn't it? And if you didn't know God, you weren't part of the Israelites, you were wiped out. So I'd be saying, Dad, I'm going to disown you. Here's my letter of divorce right there. I'm going over to this side i God's kingdom. But that's not how it worked. And so when he says he was born of the tribe of Benjamin in the Israelites, that means he was part of the elite. Okay, so now we circumcised, did the right thing. He's part of the elite family. Then he goes on and says, I am a Hebrew born of Hebrews. So and it's, it, all his descendants, the bloodline right down through there, all the children of God, right here it is, right? I'm in that ascendant. I'm part of this. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. And then he goes on and says, I have observed the law according to the strict piety of the Pharisees, separate from those embracing the less vigorous kind of Judaism. So not only this, that there was in the in the kingdom over here with the God's people, there was people being taught very strictly, and those who were not as more relaxed in their teaching. He was part of the strict, the elite, the pharisaical laws. These he did throughout his childhood, throughout his adulthood, you see. He was, wouldn't we say he's doing a pretty good job? Is he Is he part of the best? Isn't he part of the best of the best? And then he goes on and says, well, not only that, I'm zealous. I was so zealous. He says, yes, I ruthlessly pursued and persecuted the church, which means he thought the Jesus lovers were coming against God. Didn't he? He says, all you're doing out there is coming against you." Blasphemy, that's what you're doing over here. So we're going to protect God's law and say, anybody's going to serve this Jesus guy, we're going to come against you. He did everything he knew to do. He did his best. He did his very best. And so he goes on. One more thing he says. He says, and then it says, and when it comes to the righteousness required by the law, written, all the laws written by God, he says, my record was what? Spotless. He did everything the law said. Here's a man that did everything right, his best. Why? Because he had a love for God, and he wanted to do everything he could to build his bridge to God. He wanted to please his God. He wanted to do everything according to that. How many people know he was messing up? You see, everything right. Today, I'm telling you, you think you're doing everything right. This is what I need to do. I have to church on Sunday, and I'm doing this. And If you do not have a personal down-to-earth relationship with him, knowing what he's guiding you through, you're gonna be just like Paul. I've done all this, I've done this and this and this doesn't this, this is not all this good enough for you? And God says, No, it's not what I did. I didn't build that bridge, you did. The bridge I'm building is my son. His name is Jesus. And all you need to do is trust in what he has done in your life. Put your faith in him. And put, make him your Lord, and that is the bridge I built. It's a perfect one in your right relationship with me. and everything I do, the Holy Spirit now guess what? Not only did you, I build a bridge for you, I'm going to give you a gift, His name is the Holy Spirit. He's going to live in you to guide you into all truth. He'll counsel you. He'll comfort you. Amen, you can try all you want. You, you can slam on, you can, you can be the first one in the church, and you do all the things you, that you think you're doing right, and then you miss the most important message. Give it up. Surrender yourself. Man, start with that. It's the easiest thing. Start with that. Just say, God, I have missed it. And believe me, I messed my life up. When I reached my 21 years of age, <laughs> we won't even go on that story. And some of us maybe even got a better story. (laughs) And I'm telling you, I could never build the bridge. I had guilt through my life. I, I just couldn't make it happen. He builds a bridge to you and me. He does it. It's there. It's love. He, God is love. His bridge is all about getting you back with him. Man, we just don't trust in it. Can't we trust in it today? Paul says, here comes the resurrection. I did everything right. If I can boast in the flesh, I have full right to boast in the flesh because I've done everything according to the law. Everything. And yet I had an encounter with Christ that took me down. I was blinded. Now I see. You see? This man, I want to know who, res- what's resurrection to Paul? What is it for him? Here's where we get good. I once thought these things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. All of these things, all through his life, even the position of where he was in the Pharisees, even that position of all that, people were thrown down the clothes of the Christians they were murdering. Throwing him down at his feet. He was worshipped that way, you know. Here, here's a man that loves God and they hey, were are Hey, we're taking out the church. We're taking out those Jesus lovers. We're doing everything according to what we know the law tells us. We're not going to be deceived by these people. And he sat there and received those gifts. See, this man needed corrected, didn't he? Jesus built a bridge to him. That bridge was called love. He did it in such a way he came down in a powerful way and spoke to him. Spoke to him. Paul, who was Saul, listen, why are you persecuting me? Man, we all do it, don't we? Before we know him, even though we may be the first in church, we can be persecuting him in what we say and what we do. But guess what? There's more to come. This is what I love about Paul's perspective. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Everything else, everything else, listen, it doesn't matter. Even your position and, and where you work. Maybe you've worked so hard through college and you've got a good degree and you work so, maybe even a doctor. You've got another eight years making it all happen. And finally you get there and you think, this is who I am. And, and in the, I've talked to those people that made those high leaps and there's still something missing. It just doesn't make sense. They're still working hard. They've got everything they need. They've got a big home. Cars, you know what I'm saying? Can't feel full of it. People that think they've arrived, and they just don't get it. See, yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. Everything else, no matter what it is, nothing else matters. For this, he says, for his sake, I have discarded everything else. I have discarded it. I've tossed it to the side. Not that we just all of a sudden just lose our, just quit our jobs and say, you know what. No, I'm not saying, be Jesus where you are. Let God put you in a position to change the atmosphere where you are. You don't know the power of his name. You see, if you did, anyone who calls upon it, see, Anything that goes on in your life, no matter how it is, no matter how it looks, one name from your lips can change it just like that. Perspective of the mind, this all happens. It changes, and all of a sudden, things become real. Do not walk around like a zombie, dead and buried. Today is resurrection day. Today is resurrection day. I don't know. Even as a believer, there's days that you this is not going so well man, just perspective. Of Jesus put, I need, a, I need a perspective change. And God, this is what I, the Holy Spirit, he guides me all truth. I see what it is, and I say, Lord, forgive me. Let me, and then instantly, he's just like that, isn't he? Instantly, he pulls you up. He loves you that much. Everything else discarded. Counting it all as garbage so that I could gain. If you're trying to hold on to life, you're trying to hold it all in. You know, I want this, I want this. And before you know it, you're so clouded in your mind, you, you don't have him where he needs to be. You call him Lord, but he's not. You call him Savior, but he's not. Because everything else is so important to you. You see, your mind is about this here. I want this to go this way. And before you know it, your mind's clouded. And you're not let in all to be discarded. In your mind, discard it. Let the most important thing of life come. He's speaking to you now. The Father's drawing you in. He's saying, Come to me, all you weary burden, I will give you rest. Pick up my yoke, for it's easy, my burden's light. You see, he's trying to communicate with us all the time, and yet we get these things clouded up. I can't discard everything. Lord, you know, I'm, supposed, I'm responsible for this. He says, I'd never put you in responsibility for that. Seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. You see, you're trying to build your bridges. Stop building bridges. What you're trying to do is is defeating what Jesus has made so easy. Accept him as Lord and put him in charge of lordship. And let him do his work in you. Trust in him with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge him. Submit to him. And make, he makes those paths straight. He doesn't make it difficult. He makes it easy. Counting it all garbage so that I could gain Christ. You see, you can't gain him if this is all cloudy with the world. You know, here's where the work happens. You put him in the heart, and the heart starts doing the work to the mind. Renewing the mind is transformation in your life. This has to be renewed. We start thinking, wouldn't it be awesome? You give your life to Christ, and he comes in to do all the, and all of a sudden your mind starts to be like his? Man, instant people won't even know you. What, what happened to you? Wouldn't it be awesome? But then he says, no, no, everything, your heart is now a heart of flesh, and I have molded it on the potter's wheel. Now, what you've got to do now is you've got to renew your mind. The mind is still a little bit, mm mm You guys know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. See, this still does things in the past, and the devil will always remind you of that. He'll pull you, well, don't you remember what you did last week? Don't you remember what you just, did? did, did you not just yell at your wife? And then all of a sudden, he'll remind you that all the time. Condemnation comes from the enemy. But here's what's so good. Man, we just got to be able to discard, discard, get that, and then clear that mind. Think upon things that are lovely, pure, those things that are that, that praiseworthy, those things that have him, and it, let him pull me in close. And all of a sudden, I've got to renew the mind. And then all of a sudden, I can come back into that situation and go, whoo, devil, you just about had a heyday with me. Your time is done. Devil, I'm gonna tell you what you're gonna, you know, because he does come, does he not? Paul says he comes as a messenger of Satan, like a thorn in the side. Like Paul would know, wouldn't he? Would he not know? How can he say these things? Count it all, and he's got he's got Satan coming to him and like a thorn. Anybody have a thorn before? Y'all notice the bushes in the front, all trimmed back. Oh, this look nice. They're, I hope they're gonna bloom because I think I might have killed them. So let's pray for the bushes out front. I'm trimming them up. You know, you're supposed to trim up these rose, box roses. <laughs> you're supposed to cover them in the winter. And I'm doing all of that right, I think. I'm chopping them down, putting them a cover over them. And boy, when I took those covers off, I took them off. And I'm, what? what? happened to my bush? It's all dried up. It don't look too good. But the thorns on that thing. i got thorn marks all over my hands trying to c- coddle these things. Got to cut them down. I, you know what I want? I want to rip them out. And I, <laughs> I want to put something in there that looks beautiful all the time. Okay. Anybody know what I'm saying? Do you guys like that kind of stuff around the house? I think it's redundant. I hate it. I, I don't want to keep nurturing plants. I like to nurture people. You bring your plant over to my house, let me take it inside. It will die within a week. I'm guaranteed. I, cannot, I have no green thumb. It's all black. You see the black thumb? I cannot take care of plants. I don't know why i get to heaven. Lord, why, did, why, <laughs> why can't I take care of plants? My whole family kills them. I'm surprised, I'm surprised that my daughter still has a plant in her, in her room. She's got a couple plants. Every day I come in. This is what I have to do. I'm going to give her my ritual, and then I'm going to get back to the word. So I'm going in, and I go past my, my bedroom, and I go past her room, and I kind of peek in. Because she's supposed to clean her room, and I'm keeping an eye on it. The blinds are closed. How can plants survive with no sun? Anybody know what I'm saying? They're not cactuses. Okay. The, the, you know what? So I'm going to open their blinds up and it comes. So thorns. Let's get back to thorns. Thorns out in the front, all over the place. So Paul says, Satan is like a thorn in my flesh. And I'm thinking, I wouldn't want that. And for him to say this, keeping the thorns, God says, my grace will be sufficient. Keeping it and say, I count everything else as garbage. Even that messenger comes to me and reminds me of what I used to be. I tell him, you have no business in here. See, you guys have got to learn how to tell the devil, get out. But, but you, you can't, can't do it without truth. You can't say, uh, you can try this. Uh, devil, can I'm going to escort you outside because I don't like you anymore, and I'm going to kick you out. Or you can bring the word. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You see, then I, I bring truth into this. And he understands that even though you're a big devil, you, th- you think you are, those demons around. But great, get, get, guess who's bigger? Guess who's greater? Because you know what my word says? Greater is he, the spirit in me, than he that's in the world. You see, then I can start taking authority over that and say, devil, greater is he. Now let me remind you what God said. Greater is he be in the spirit of God, God in me, than you in this world. So now I can escort you out in Jesus' name. You see, we work through the word, and that's when things happen. You see, but we don't know those things at first because we don't have a renewed mind. We don't let the word of God renew us. We're not ready for it. So we all get beat up and say, well, I don't understand why God doesn't love me. Come on now. He loves you. He built a bridge, didn't he? His name is Jesus. And boy, I tell you what, he is, he is good. Let's go on. It says, in verse 9, it says, and become one with him. Who wants to become one with him? Come on, now, I, if I love him, I want to be one with him. See, I want everything he has. I want his power not, not, not to elevate me. I don't, I don't care less about Jim. I want to beat down those demons that try to take the church down. You see, that's what I'm called to do. I'm called to fight a good fight. Not a fight of the world. And so that's why I need to be one with him. I gotta know what he wants me to do. I need to know how to become the man of God I need to be. And it says here, no longer, I no longer count on my own righteousness. Woo, come on. You can try to do it right through obeying the law, which is all the law that was written in the Old Testament. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Who has faith today? Come on, let, let's see those who have faith. You see, when faith rises up, you may say, well, how much is this going to take? Well, I know what the Word tells me. It says faith of a what? Mustard seed can move a mountain and cast it in the sea. So what mountain sits before me, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I don't care how big it is. Mount Everest, I don't care how big you are. It doesn't matter. I don't even have to see over it. You see, all i got to know is it's one here. And it says by faith of a mustard seed. Now anybody know what a mustard seed is. It's a tiny little thing. Maybe I should plant some of those out front. Rip those boxes out of there and just plant big tree. That but, mm. but I heard that little seed comes a big tree. That would be kind of fun one. So faith of a mustard seed. Faith of a mustard. Who got a mustard seed right now? Who's got mustard seed? Who has faith? 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 Don't don't read about faith. Don't. Okay, the Bible says faith. Right? Have faith. Faith is a gift to you. Have faith. What is it going to do for you? It moves mountains. Whatever thing is before you can be gone right now. Cast into the sea. You have the ability to move mountains. Those things spiritually coming against you, in Jesus' name, you can make them move. Make them move. See, the power of Jesus, power of his word, gives you that authority. I say it in Jesus' name. Why? Because Jesus made it. He's authority. He, all authority has been given to him. And I always say this. You, you guys can quote me. If all authority has been given to Jesus, how much does the devil have? All authority has been given. All, let me say all. A-L-L. Teachers in here, you know what I'm saying. I can spell it. A-L-L. Right? All, all authority has been given to Jesus. How much is left over for the world? So when you say greater is he, it's in me, than he is in the world. Because you have what? Authority. Someone walks in here with a gun, a police officer with a gun. I'm saying he has Authority. Not only does he have a pistol that would hurt, he has a badge that says he's in charge. So you have a badge that says you're in charge. Why? Because there's a bridge made for you. His name is Jesus. See, you get to wear things. You get to wear the robe of righteousness. You get to, you get to, be, where, you get to wear his blood. And nothing there's no more powerful. The Bible says that by his blood and by the word of your testimony... Look out, demons. Look out, devil. You see, you are powerful if you got him. What is it? A bridge. It's a bridge. It's called Jesus. Man, just grab hold of that. Walk that bridge. Man, you'll see things happen in your life. You will not believe. You see things that come against you. They have to leave because it's a mountain and you have faith of a seed. Doesn't require a lot, just faith. Oh, I like that. And then he goes on. Boy, doesn't it? What do you get with the resurrection? Come on now. What do you get? What's the Bible say you get? <laughs> oh, Paul writes it well, doesn't he? I know. It says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. Now, I know that's hard. Uh, what does that mean? It may be too difficult to comprehend. Don't even try to comprehend that. When it comes your way, when those mountains come your way and you know you got to face those, don't get, Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged because what? What does it say here? Well, there's power in the resurrection of Christ, and it says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So why don't we take some of that power? Why don't we put that off to the side? Why don't we set it over there and say, you know what, Jesus? And we go to him when we have needs, and all oh, you get beat up over here. Oh, i got to come back to Jesus. and yeah, can you f-? He says, why don't you just stay with me? Why don't you take some of the power I've got for you? You know, I give it to you. Why don't you use it? Man, our lives are all wrapped around walking in faith. Man, can you imagine what his faith is walking, knowing that Jesus is with you? If Jesus is with you, who can be against you? You know, it's just, there's truth after truth telling us that when we got him, we got it all. And it comes from one bridge. His name is Jesus. That's it. Call upon his name. How good can it be? So that one way or another, I will experience, what? The resurrection of the dead. Here it comes. What motivates this guy? I don't know of anybody in the test, Old, New Testament that would be through all that he went through. I know other apostles experienced tremendous things, you know, even to death. But Paul writes about, Paul, shipwrecked, beaten with rods. He was stoned to death. And let he rose up and went back in the same city they stoned him. Who does this stuff? Who is bitten by a snake, Shake a, a poisonous snake? Can you ever been a, camping in the campfire? I like campfires. So I like doing that. And you'd be camping around a campfire, and you're doing your thing, and somebody goes in, goes into the, stokes up the fire, and a snake comes out and bites them. Poisonous one? What's a poisonous one right here? Like a water moccasin? Copperhead. Both of those got some mean bites and got some poison, right? So can you imagine <laughs> someone stoking up the fire? Copperhead. You'd be like, uh, brother, we got to get you to the hospital. Does, guys, give me a. Give me some knowledge here. Does it really work to suck out the poison? That's the stupidest thing, I think. Does that work? They do, it, they do it in the old cowboy shows, you know. Let me just suck that out of you. Come here. What is that? Who came up with that idea anyway? Does that even work? Does that work? Anybody? No. Uh, do I have a no in here? Good, because that always bothered me, because I ain't going to do that. If someone gets bit, I'm going to say, it's all on you. You better call on Jesus now. Because you're going to die. Paul shakes it off. And they all sit around the campfire going, they're all waiting for him to die. He's asking for a hot dog. Isn't he supposed to be dead? Can you Seriously. So Paul, here's the same guy, right? Been with a snake, shakes it off, <laughs> goes on to do what he needs to do. Why? Because Jesus called him to Rome. And he hadn't reached Rome yet. He hasn't got to Rome yet. What's your life look like today? you got some snakes holding on. Do you want to learn how to beat the devil? you want to learn how to get life more abundantly? Do you want, you, you want to be able to, to see what life is? you want purpose, reason? Is there not a, is there not a bridge to cross? Let's stop trying to build our own bridges. It doesn't work that way. We just get beat up all the time. So that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection of the dead. He will be resurrected, one not We know where Paul is. We know where he's at. He did, he did rise, did he not? But what kind of resurrection life can we have right now? Tell me. Is it all when you get to heaven? Is that resurrection life only when you go to heaven? Or can you get some of that right now? Who wants to be raised from the dead today? Who wants to be dead thinking gone, new thinking coming? Come on, all things pass away, new things come, right? All things new. So who wants some new? That's what we come to church for. We don't come here to play. We come here to receive, and Christ has got so much, he can fill every person. Let's get what he asks us to do. Let's get some of that. Father, we love you. And, Father, I know that there's there's times, Lord, we we do not know what to do. And I, I thank you for this crew that came here today. I thank you for the family of Rush that's been established here. I thank you for the love for you. I see it in their love. Father, I know that you're doing mighty things in them. I see things move. I see people experience healings. People that the dead will rise. Father, I, I don't under, I try, I'm don't i never going to understand that, but God, I know what you do with the family of God. I know what the body of God, the, the body of the church can do. But Lord, we pray for one another. We lift each other up. We encourage them with the word of God. The power is in the word. And I thank you for Paul's ability to explain to us what resurrection is like. We're not going to build our own bridges anymore. There's no bridges to heaven that we build ourselves. The only bridge to heaven we know is is Christ Jesus, for he is the only way to the Father. No one else can come any other way. And so, Father, if we want to build a bridge to you and we'll build a relationship with you, God, you're the God of love. And I pray for every person in here. Maybe you don't know him. I pray right now you give yourself to him. And maybe you do know him personally as your Lord and Savior. I pray right now you experience the resurrection life in you, that you will feel on fire, let those fire flames build inside of you. Lord, take down the devil trying to ruin your life. Learn how to kick him out of your house. Enough is enough. Some of you need to say that. Enough is enough. Today is the day. This is resurrection day. We're going to celebrate Jesus risen because he's alive and he's victorious, isn't he? He is victorious. He's won the battle. We thank you, Lord, for this day. We're going to give it all to you. You're worthy of praise in Jesus' name.